What's going on guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed that last episode. Today we've got a serious outdoorsman, Brian Taylor. Um, we go over a handful of different topics, ethics in the field, touch on some archery, mule deer hunting, blacktail hunting, duck hunting, bass fishing, boats, rice blinds, touch on a lot of different topics. Um, hope you all enjoy this one. I know I did. Brian's an awesome dude. First time I ever talked to him. So yeah, go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button, sit back and enjoy this episode. Just enjoy like quality hunting like ducks, right? Like feet down, killing deep, you know, killing, killing quality ducks. But at the same time, like I'm not like some snobby motherfucker that won't shoot a fucking spoonbill, Don't right? Lie. Like that's the Didn't one you thing just that shoot, like seven spoonies the other day. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Seven spoonies and some fucking hens, <laughs> a lot of brown, a lot of daisies. So, but that was the thing, like. I'm hunting an area, like, dude, like, are you recording yet? I'm assuming you're recording, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I figure you want to catch some of this on, on. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm already recording. You want me to introduce so. myself or whatever? I don't want to fucking dive back in because that way I don't have to repeat myself. And yep. you don't get the authenticity of, uh, of the killing. Yeah, go ahead and fucking introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are. I know, like, 99% of my listeners probably listen to every other podcast I listen to, which you've been on, so... <laughs> no thanks man no, no. uh name's brian taylor um from california and uh i hunt a lot i don't even know what my name is i think it's brian dot taylor or brian underscore taylor um i do a lot of hunting throughout the united states mostly western hunting and occasionally i'll hunt the south and uh yeah that's basically it man like, like we were talking about like you know this season is obviously been a pretty good season i know 2020 is not exactly ideal for a lot of people but i try to use as much time as i had because you know we're not doing shit you're sitting there fucking rubbing life on your hands constantly <laughs> or or uh, uh whatever you want to call it like fucking alcohol i basically spent my time traveling going hunting so like the beginning of 2020 i went on a badass hunt in mississippi killed a shit ton of deer and uh shot a bunch of mallards uh, when I was out there, big old timber hunt, got an opportunity to hunt uh, a really exclusive location um, on Mississippi. And obviously spend a little bit of time on the Delta, doing a lot of bass fishing and hunting uh, Nevada. That's kind of been my, my season for the most part. Obviously, I hunt California quite a bit, like just in and around the Delta region and uh, hunt some B-zone blacktails. Cool. So, yeah, that's, that's basically it, man. Yeah, just kind of just hunting around a lot having some fun, meeting a lot of good people and exchanging stories. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what this is all about is like what little experiences, little like tips or anything you can give anybody else. Cause I'm new, I'm new to big game hunting. It's only my second year. And honestly, dude, I haven't even, I wouldn't even say I've officially deer hunted. Um, but man, I like my brother got into shooting a bow from, Shooting his Hoyt, he got from West Coast Archery, Hans and Adrian up there, and then uh, a year... oh, they're awesome people. Those guys are awesome over there. They, they're talking about like he's Hans is a freaking wizard. He scares the hell out of me every time he starts talking about stuff. I'm just like, hey man, I don't know shit. As long as this thing shoots straight, I mean, I've been hunting for a long time. I, I'm just never, I've just never figured it out or spent enough time to where because dude, like those archery guys, they can get down to, like freaking straight up quantum physics when it comes down to bow, and I'm just scared of it. So, yeah. but Hans is like, he's such an expert. I don't even fucking begin to try and, uh, pretend that I know what, what I'm talking about. He just kind of figures it all out for me, hands me the bow and I walk off and hopefully I kill something with it. 
Dude, he has but some. He has some. I didn't realize. Like, you didn't realize you go to them. That, that guy. That guy's awesome. So. Oh, I love Hans. My brother went in, bought his Hoyt, uh, a couple years ago, and then a year after that, I went in and like, dude, it was super cool because I went into Hans and I was like, "What's up?" My brother bought his bow here. Uh, I think it's time for me to step my game up. I want a bow, and he literally pulled every brand new like 2019 lineup bow and was like, "Shoot this, shoot this, shoot this, shoot this," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I like that one," you know, and. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah. They ordered me my Matthews verdicts, and I had no idea what I bought. And I was like, yeah, this thing feels no, great. That's a, that's a badass throw, man. You can't go wrong. I mean, nowadays, the way technology is out nowadays, like everyone in the market makes a badass bow. There's no doubt that Hoyt and Matthews make the supreme leaders of bows. You know, like they're just built like a brick shit house, and they're extremely accurate. Um, but yeah, no, they're great bows, man. Those freaking verdicts uh, are freaking legit. Dude, I, I love And it. they're super short, short axle to axle. Yep. And, and, but what was funny is like after shooting everything is like, and dude, like second, second year archery hunting, right? Ever. And, uh, dude, I could feel the difference between like what was dead in the hand and what like felt great to me. So that's why like whenever any one of my buddies is like, I want to go buy a bow. I go, here's what you do. You go to a pro shop, you shoot all the bows they have lined up. And you shoot what's best for you yeah. because I'll shoot this and you might shoot that. And like, that's how I am. That's some of the best advice you can give anyone in, at, at any facet of hunting. Like same thing, like with duck calls or whatever else, like uh, my, my air pressure might be different than your air pressure and so forth and so on. Right. There's no doubt. Like the industry standard of duck calls, maybe JJ Lairs, but someone blow, blows the foils a little bit better or precision or whatever it may be. Right. And it's just what they're used to blowing. Uh, very, very similar to the archery aspect, you know, what they're used to have, having that let off or that 80% or 81%, you know, what, what, what they have as an industry standard may not be per, per bow. What I always like to tell, like different rifles digest ammunition differently. So it's very similar to how people digest whatever they're using, using from uh, optics or whatever, whatever it is from the hunting industry, right? It's what feels good to you. And sometimes it comes down to affordability. Like, you say, okay, I'm only going to spend thousand bucks on a bow. Well, that doesn't necessarily limit your options. It just kind of narrows it down to a path that you have to take from a financial aspect. So I always try and tell people, whatever the hell fits the bill and fits your fits fits you know your body type or whatnot, right? So it, honestly, that's 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 like the best advice you can ever give anyone. Max max out your budget, and whatever fits inside that budget, you know, among five different options or ten different options or whatnot. Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, that's like with duck hunting is like, you brought up duck calls, which is like, I, I have this obsession with like the anatomy of a duck call. And I think that. Every, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody can blow a duck call differently. Like you said, like I run a JJ Lairs, but I've tried, I don't know, two dozen different mallard calls and it, I mm -hmm. mean, all from different length reads, different style of inserts and it like tone boards and then like changing the reeds dog ear them and just like see what works for me and then i found out like this is my yeah. setup this works great for me that's what i'm rocking yeah exactly exactly so, so yeah, no, like, a lot of their time trying to help fine tune to each person when you find a company that goes out of their way to do such a thing like that and uh, rather it be blowing a spec call or a mallard call or whatnot they sit there and They'll shave the reed for you because they know that you have a little bit less air pressure on the back end or you want something that's a little bit more raspy or whatnot. When, uh, when you find a company like that, that kind of tunes it to each person, that's 
you know, that's awesome. There's no doubt that that Lairs and those guys right over there, they, they've they've got it down to where they assist the client and or end user um, to kind of making it shape for them. So, yeah, it's it's nuts, and that's why like. A lot of people that I know, like, see me bow hunting now, they're like, oh, I want to go get a bow. And I'm like, do yourself a favor, go to a pro shop and spend two hours in there. You'll learn exactly five yeah, years yeah. Worth, of, worth of knowledge in the matter of two hours. <laughs> Trust me, it's not like yep. just anybody can order anything off Amazon, but you never know, like, when shipping, where the cam's jacked up or anything. And I'm still new to archery hunting. I'm no guru, booyah, you know, like I just started building my own arrows and everything and like fiddling around with the FOC yeah. and like learning all that. And I'm like, dude, this is a lot of shit to take in. So no, it gets overwhelming, dude. Like I was telling you, I just kind of let, uh, Jesus take Will, AKA Han when it comes to, uh, anything bow related. I just tell him, set me up with arrows, set me with just literally an out the door, ready to shoot, ready to hunt package. Um, obviously I try and buy the best bow, uh, that's within my price range and, or the most dead weight, quietest, fastest fucking bow out there. Um, I'm not big. Like that's the one thing, like on most things, like with duck hunting or deer hunting or whatever else, especially when it comes to rifles, I'm like, I'm a fucking geek when it comes to like new technology or whatnot. Bows is comfortability. Like I'll run the same bow for three or four or five years. Like, technology is not changing that much you know you're not getting that much more speed you're not getting that much more dampness if you have a bow that's been made in the past three or four years it's probably pretty damn good and it will sure as fuck kill a deer um you know you know that 30 or 40 yard range 50 yard range especially something nowadays i mean people you practice enough i mean i, I hate to even mention him because he's kind of a little bit of a turd but cameron haynes i mean you fucking hit a deer at 120 yards like like it's nothing nowadays I and mean, the guy's the guy literally practices enough to where he's a damn good archery shot. Shot. I would never, my personally, from an ethical standpoint, ever ever take a shot anywhere near that range. But I feel like people can uh, can really get it done, especially with the, the modern bows that that exists. Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's like for me is like like you said, ethics, right? So I'm a big fan of ethics. I I like I can't yeah. I can't stress it enough. Like what I think is ethical and stuff like that. And yeah, if guys can go out there and they can pound an elk or a deer at 80 yards with one arrow, like right on, give it to you just for me, myself, I would never take that shot. Cause I want that 40 and in, cause it's like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, especially me being new to big game. Cause I'm not going to go out there and shoot arrows at 120 yards. Like that's no point to me. You know, that's why. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of repetition and, uh, like I'll, I'll grab my bow and I'll shoot one arrow at 40 yards cold and be like, okay, and yeah. go, go grab that arrow, come back, you know, and come back and shoot another arrow a couple hours later. Cause to me, it's like, like everybody says, you know, like it only takes that one. And then I started like analyzing it. Like, okay, now I need to be like aim small, miss small. Like I have to hit this fly on my target, you know? And that's, that's just me. So I don't see like going out yeah. there and shooting 120 yards because I mean, I'll probably lose like 60 plus arrows and I'll be out however much money. So so, so, so what, what, what I actually do is it's, it's very similar to what you're saying regarding the aim small, miss small. I have like a thing in my mind. If I'm able to hit something at 60 yards accurately, right, under pressure, under stress, I feel like I'm going to excel at that 40, 30, 20-yard range. So what we do in the offseason, which I'm not like some like freaking Zach Griffith, like workout or die kind of mentality, but what I'll do is 
I'll knock out 10, 15, 20 push-ups and then take a shot um, at 50 or 60 yards. Stuff that I'm typically not going to be, I'm not going to allow myself to be in that position, especially with Lesnar hunting. I mean, if I see a deer that's bedded down, I'm going to try my ass off to get as close as humanly possible because it, it, it removes as much human error as possible, right? Or the deer jumping the stream or whatever else. So um, during the off season, that's what we do. Like, especially the last three weeks of season, uh, right before season, I'll literally, I'll do that over and over and over again, knock out 20 pushups. And like, it's so funny. Like I'll be so fucking strained by my last shot. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost comical. My, like me taking a shot. Right. But the thing is like when it comes down to stress situations, Last week, I will not shoot whatsoever, other than like maybe like playing a, an arrow a day, right? I'm just making sure my bow is still accurate. I know it sounds stupid, but like literally just shooting just a couple, uh, maybe one or two arrows per day towards the end as uh, uh, season gets closer for the last week, kind of like regaining my straight and my, my strength and not fatiguing myself, right? Um, but that's that's honest to God that I feel like that's the easiest way, and, and you can't really duplicate seeing a deer, right? You can't duplicate that holy shit moment like you're getting ready to take a live um it's it's hard to duplicate obviously so the easiest way to do it is just get your adrenaline going and get your heart pumping and doing a shit ton of push-ups kind of puts you in that somewhat of situation you know that shaky kind of feeling yeah and and like you mentioned that so so like i said is this is my second year uh big game hunting and we archery archery elk hunt so we just kind of went like balls to the wall yeah i've seen some of your videos dude you guys got close Dude, the fact that you got close and this is your second year, that's fucking awesome. Dude, it was nuts. Uh, last, last year was like a big, like, get your feet wet, you know, but it was more like dunk your head yeah. underwater and see how long you can breathe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. this year was kind of like we had an idea what the unit was looking like, and we actually still hunted. Like, the only bull we got within shooting range, we still hunted him. So my brother was dropped back, and we were going to set up like yeah. a collar shooter kind of step, kind of like setup. And he, he was about about uh, 10 yards 15 yards behind me and we heard one little dude it's amazing like if you've never archery hunted elk you should go fucking do it because it is amazing no, it's so funny I, that's the one one of the game animals that's somewhat tangible that i still have yet to do i, I i've hunted a half dozen states and i still have yet to go on a fucking single elk hunt oh dude you've got to go do it i you got to jump on it man it is it's, it's wild, especially, like, I'm a big fan of communicating with an animal on, like, a primal level, which sounds, like, a little weird. No, absolutely. I love that. that that's, that's been my love, like, specs, mallards, and turkeys, or anything that has a vocal response that shows you or lets you know, like, hey, I'm talking back to you. What you're throwing out is what I'm liking. Yeah, and it was funny, too, because last year before we left for elk hunt i went to hans like probably twice a week you know like hey man like make sure my bow's good and he'd just laugh and be like your bow's dialed dude you're okay chill out and uh he goes he goes yeah are are you pretty stoked about it and i go yeah and then i come back duck season he looks at me like dead serious look on his face he goes trust me when you start talking at bulls and they start firing back at you you'll never look at duck hunting the same and I was like, yeah, 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 no, whatever. And then I went out there and got into a huge <laughs> bugle fest with a bull. And I was like, heart pounding, just jaw dropping. This is sick. Like, screw duck hunting. So. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, dude, we got to we got to 20. It was about 23 yards to this big six by six. Heard like this little, little twig break. And uh, kind of looked at my brother like, did you, did you hear that? He goes, yeah, I did. 
So I moved a little bit further, heard something else break. I looked at my brother, signaled for, for an animal. And then I, I looked up, saw just tan and what like, what looked like a branch following this thing's head and just signaled to him real quick. Bull had an arrow knocked, was clipped on, unclipped, went to range, went to clip back on. And he was 23 yards right in me, just staring into my soul. Oh shit. He's in your fucking, yeah. That's awesome. And no, dude, that, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I, that's the allure uh, that I have with elk is that they're they're callable, and I hear awesome stories like that, which just makes me just want to run off. I'm a um, it's so funny. Like, like I sound like an idiot, right? Like, I I, I I'm saying I love something more than something I've tried, right? I just love mule deer and blacktail so much. I and I'm sure you've talked to Sean a couple times, obviously. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff that he's referenced or made comments about, like a lot of the stuff, I, 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 I spend a lot, a lot of hours trying my best to be successful as humanly possible, and it has to do with mule deer, and I just can't shake it. Like it's something that, you know, during the off season, I'm constantly looking. Like all, a lot of a few of the comments that he's recently made, like it's me sitting on the phone with him. I'm just like e scouting, living shit out of areas that I have. I don't even have a fucking tag it. I just love it so much to try and find where the deer may be. And we try and put together like five or six spots per year per unit. And you just find out where they may be. Right. I mean, it's totally fucking guessing at the end of the day. Right. Yep. You can get real close. I mean, how I always like to think of it is like this. If I hold my hand behind my back and I say, guess how many fingers am I holding up? You're going to get real fucking close. Cause there's only five options. Right. So I try and find those five options and then eventually I'll hit on one. Right. And that's, that's basically it. Trying to find food, shelter, water, and I eat scout the living shit out of it. And then once I find those five options, I hit those five options. And one of the five will be the key ticket to finding the fucking deer itself. Dude, so that's I try a, to help Sean as much as possible. What's that? That's, that's a really good way to look at it, you know, because the more like everybody says the guy who has the most spots wins and it's a hundred percent. It is, true. it is. But if you narrow it down, if you narrow it down, like I heard you guys is the most recent, most recent, uh, episode, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, Oh, you know, do I hunt? Do I scout? Like, like I got ADD just like any hunter, right? If you're a hunter, you have ADD. And what I mean by it is just like, you have hyper disorder that you want to get out there and find something that's untangible, right? Something that that's a mystical creature, you're looking for that buck, whatever that size of buck may be. Unless you're the person that's sitting there driving quad or a truck around, what is there wrong with that? Fucking road hunt the shit out of them because you're pushing the bigger bucks to meet as a person that's out there hiking. But you want to get out there. You want to explore. You want to see what's over that next ridge. If you go out there and put enough effort into it in the right location, like that, that, that's, the, that's the biggest downfall. Like I found myself, especially earlier in my life, focusing on – heavily focusing on like hiking my fucking dick off in the wrong location. Like I don't come from a hunting family, so I didn't inherit some like secret fucking spots or figuring it. I just had to figure it out myself, right? Like just sitting there like by literally process of elimination over and over and over again. And as opposed to looking for the what I was looking for the why, like why in the fuck are the deer here and they're not there. Hmm. And as soon as I kind of figured that out, I kind of figured out like, Hey, Holy shit! They're 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 on the north side of the mountain at the earlier part of the morning, and oh, why are they on that part? Oh, well, because the fucking sun comes up and the heat kind of fucking rises, 
and it allows them to kind of warm up during the fucking colder parts of the month. Just shit like that. Like, or, or where the, it's, the snow melt, it's creating more snow melt on that side of the mountain. So therefore it's creating a stream and therefore they have somewhere to fucking drink from and so forth and so on. Or the calcium deposits that are created in the cracks on the North side of the mountain because of the snow melt that may, there may not be a stream there anymore. There may not be a spring or anything or any water of any source, but at least they get to lick the rocks and get the calcium deposits that exist there. So, so like so, little things like that. Good. So real quick, let's, let's touch bases because you mentioned, you mentioned scouting earlier and I'm a big fan, like, cause internet scouting and all, I mean, my two elk hunts oh, are yeah. out of state. So it's not like I'm going to drive out yeah. of state, walk around for 14 days and be like, I'll be back here in two months, you know? So yeah, exactly. about, like don't give any tips and tricks away, but about how much time do you think you spend? And I mean, what do you use? Do you use Google earth or on X? Cause I use both, but now with like, on so X is three, I use, go ahead. I use both. I use both. So, um, there's really no amount of time that I could actually, I can add up. I would say a minimum. If I get a tag that I've never hunted in a minimum is eight hours. Um, I know that sounds like a lot or it may sound like a little to some, um, but a true eight hours of looking online. And so, so, so I narrow it down, right? This is very similar to what I just told you. I narrowed down like the five locations that I'm going to go hunt. Well, I know I narrowed it down to um, the five highest mountains, right? Um, and I do this because I'm never going to get a late season tag. Let's be realistic. I hunt what my, my hunts are based off the shittiest units um, that you can get per state. So if I'm hunting Nevada, I'm literally taking the two or three shittiest hunts that you can get or lowest percentage of success rate. And I apply for those units. So I apply for those units and I go, okay, that means it's going to put me in September to October if I'm lucky. Right. And I say, okay, well, during that time, it's still pretty fucking hot in Nevada. So they have to focus on water and they have to focus on just like any deer. They're, they're, they're an animal of comfort, right? Whatever the fuck that may be. They don't want to be above 70 fucking degrees. So they want to be at the highest point of the mountain when it's 90 degrees at ground level. So I go highest mountains, boom, focus on that. Then I go, Hey, I can only see because it's, it's scrub brush. It's manzanita. It's fucking uh, juniper. I can't see in those areas. Like I'm not going to be able to sit there and cherry pick a fucking, uh, a hill apart that I can't even see. in. I can only see like little hundred, hundred foot circles. I want to, I want to be able to focus on areas that are very exposed. So I go to the most exposed locations, the ones that are the greatest grass glassing points at the highest elevations. So I, I get four of those written down and I hike my dick off or I first I e-scout the shit out of them. And then I go on one trip and I only spend 20 or 30 minutes there. And I drop a pin on each glassing point. So at the very least, that, that, that's the very least. E-scout the shit out of those five locations, find those five locations, drive to those five locations. Even if there's five in one day, spend 20 minutes there, drop a fucking pin where I'm in a glass on opening day, between the five of, the, uh, of, between the five of them, find number one, and that's where I'm going to be on opening day. Hmm. I know it sounds like a lot. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like, Sounds like really easy when I tell you on the phone. Sometimes those spots mean I got to pack in fucking five or six gallons of water because I can't find a water hole. Yeah. 
So, for instance, like last year or the year before, I literally had to have two or three friends go with me with no tag and pack in water for me. And believe me, it's hard to find a person, you know, that wants to go pack water for no fucking apparent reason. Did they pack water and you packed whiskey and that's how that kind of deal worked out? Yeah, so that too. (laughs) Yeah, so you've probably seen that video too, yeah. So yeah, we sometimes sometimes yeah you gotta pack a little bit of beer and whiskey to uh, incentivate uh, you know or, uh, incentivize people to uh, to want to pack water. But yeah, Dude, there's no doubt in that. But <laughs> yeah, so we yeah we packed we packed a little bit. Of, we have, don't get me wrong. Like my most uh, last year's hunt or the year before's hunt, we found some really big deer, and we plan on kind of staying there for a long period of time. Um, anytime you find a deer that's almost 200 inches you kind of camp out on them because you know there's a lot of guides on it so we found a really really big deer we packed in whiskey we packed in beer we packed in a massive camp in the middle of fucking nowhere but there was actually a decent amount of people back there it was it was frustrating a decent amount of people on a on a hike like that uh, i'm like i'm not the most in shape human being on the planet but i'll do anything it takes to kind of kill a deer there was like four or five fucking people back in the same area and there's not a, there's not enough room for that many people especially when you're focusing on bachelor herds of deer during archery season. So, so let's, there were a lot of people back there. Let's do a comparison because you, dude, that was a big thing this year when we went to Idaho was it took us two and a half hours to find a camp spot where last year, I mean, we went down the same roads and it was, you could pretty much camp wherever you want. Did you see like a massive influx and just recreational people just camping? Cause massive, massive. Like, so like this year, this year, dude, okay. I've never seen this many hunters in my life. And, 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 and very similar to what you had mentioned in the previous podcast, like COVID has slowed everything down that people just wanted to get out of their house. Um, at first I was like, Holy shit, COVID's going to slow down hunting. Right. That was my first thing. Like everyone's worried about their job and everything else. No, they, they came out in droves like B zone and C zone and X zone and everything else. Like, normal locations where I kind of get some scouting in there's fucking hikers and hippies everywhere. <laughs> um, and, and hunters, um, and hunters, just ab- abundance of hunters for all facets of the season. The other thing was like, everyone was like, Oh, the national forests are shut down. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Which they were, they were shut down for like a week or two or whatever the fuck it was. Dude, that just made like the second, the third and the fourth fucking part of the season or week of the season that much more people out there. Right. They were just willing to, to stick it out. And then the better weather came and fuck, you know, like everyone knows to hunt the storm or when the weather gets colder, come on out. So, um, it was packed the entire season. It was very, very difficult to try and find deer when, you know, there's a lot of people. And now like, crossfit exists so everyone fucking thinks they're the hiking motherfucker on the planet so they go out and they may they may be able to hike 15 miles a day they may be doing everything incorrectly or being loud or noisy or whatever else or going the wrong direction of wind but they're hiking their ass off and they're they're, they're putting in the miles and uh it's very difficult to kill deer when there's 15 people back in the backcountry dude we we dealt with that last year was my brother and i we did a little spike hunt for our first elk elk trip like we literally got to the trailhead you know parked the truck and we're like okay let's go like just drove here from california brilliant fucking idea not getting acclimated to the elevation change um yeah and we got like 
we, we had a total my pack was like 50 pounds and that was like four days worth of food hell of water all that stuff and these guys came riding by on mountain bikes because we heard people talking and i was like oh shit hunters there was a freaking mountain bike race in the middle of the unit Oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, this is not good. So I marked that on the map, or I marked that on my calendar and was like, okay, next year we'll come a little later, you know? But then this year was the same thing. It was like two and a half hours to find a parking place. I mean, every Yahoo and their cousin are driving around on their dirt bikes, Polarises, just fishing, bonfires everywhere, just parties, you know? And I was just like, shit. And then it was like everybody decided to get into hunting too. <laughs> it was just brutal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so what a lot of the, a lot of the hunts that I've been doing, um, especially just recently, and it's something Sean just mentioned, like the completely unbeaten path, right? Like not hunting, hiking a fire trail, none of that. Literally taking the dead end of a trail, and then from there creating your own path um, to the highest ground possible. Um, we just recently I did that in Nevada. By far the hardest hunt that i've done in a very very long time um i spent four days there completely by myself and now i've ever hiked a uh, pack of deer out by yourself it's not there's nothing fun about it right it just there it, it just takes will period like there's multiple times where you're sitting there packing a the fucking deer and it's like this sucks why in the hell am i doing this in my spare time i could easily go buy myself fucking a half a cow and it would be a lot easier. Um, so there's no justifiable, especially from a financial aspect, right? My biggest thing is it's the testament, like, of your own will to make it happen, right? And, the, and, and, and like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, the, it's a masochistic uh, mentality of, like, the pain brings you that much more joy in a sense of success, right? Like, the success of itself is, is the pain. On how much it's the, the struggle is what makes it that much better. If that makes any sense, I know that sounds horrible. It doesn't sound like most people would actually sign up for such a thing, but uh, Nevada was that this year. I, I, I hiked my ass off every single fucking day, climbing fucking 1,200 feet of elevation to go look at fucking deer that didn't exist and end up shooting a very, I don't say very small deer, a good deer, but small. Um, especially from how, how much effort I put into it. Holy shit. Like you would assume I shot a 200 inch fucking deer and then packing that 200 pound motherfucker out of there. Um, and he died in a fucking Canyon period. That just, he died in the worst place possible. Um, but it was fun, man. It was fun. Nevada, Nevada. I'm a desert dweller. Like anytime you get back to those locations, you find re remote water sources, you're going to find deer. Um, I found a fucking deer trail that, was probably begin uh, that was created since the beginning of time to kind of walk in footsteps where our ancestors hunted those deer. It was pretty damn cool. And the deer, the deer itself, like I said, the damn deer trails I was walking, which majority of them I do, I walk deer trails. They, they try and find the path of least resistance. It, uh, it, it was, it was amazing. It was fun sitting there. Like I, it, it's funny. I don't, I'm not really an emotional person when it kind of comes down to that kind of stuff. But as I was hiking out of there, I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is badass. Like, regardless of whatever the fuck I shot, I'd have been happy as a clam. Like, big deer, small deer. Um, it, it was it was the trials and tribulations of the hunt itself that made it that much better. Yeah, those those game yeah. trails are crucial, too, because what I found out is, like, like how you said, is everybody's on, like, 
the fire road they're on the trail it's like dude you might be better off getting on that trail for like half the way and then just looking up this nasty little like steep face of this mountain and being like i'm gonna walk 100 yards up this thing and then bam just hit a game trail and just take that yeah, all the yeah. way in and like that's that's what we noticed last year and uh that was kind of our tactic this year was use the, use the main trail like to kind of just get in a little ways and then it was okay see ya, and it was just like up a finger ridge and we're just running ridges the whole yeah. time yeah that's exactly it i mean it's crazy as soon as you get up and you get past the the uh the horribleness of the incline you just kind of ride the ridge out you right and like so, and even talking with Sean or whatever, I was just like, this is, this is what I do, right? Like I try and find the path least resistance. Typically that's following a deer trail, follow the deer trail, get to the top of the mountain, stay in the upper third of the mountain. So you don't skyline yourself and then just walk that out as long as you can, you know, long and as far as you can find a spring, kill a deer. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. Like all these guys that are really, really good deer hunters, um, I don't think there's much more to it than that other than the patience and time. Like that's what it really boils down to is who has the most time to spend shooting a deer. If you have more time than, than me, then you'll probably shoot a pretty big fucking buck just by, by sitting there and wait. Like there's often guys like Austin Rankin guys, an amazing fucking hunter. He's got more time than most. He typically shoots big fucking deer. The main reason why is because he doesn't have a wife. <laughs> he doesn't have kids to go home to. I mean, it's just one of those things. He spends a lot of time back there and he kicks fucking ass. Um, and there's no, I'm not, and that's not taking away from his ability. Too. The guy just has the abilities and he utilizes them to the best um, of, of his own abilities. So. Well, shit. You want to talk some ducks? Yeah, you, you should be killing. Cool. Yeah, let's talk some ducks, man. I'm excited as shit, man. I, I, other than freaking killing nothing but fucking spoonbills this season. I mean, I dug it wrong. We killed some gaddies. We killed some freaking teal. Um, but no, dude, I, I'm a freaking diehard duck hunter. Uh, I say that. I say that. I say that. I'm not, I'm not doing it wrong. I'm like, I think I've probably said it on a bunch of different uh, podcasts or whatever, but I'm an outdoorsman and I'm an opportunist. Like, I'm not going to sit there and tell you like, hey, like, I, I'm going to snub my nose out at some freaking gaddies or some spoonbills. I'll smack the shit out of some spoonies any day of the week. Um, don't get me wrong. Like ultimately you, everyone wants to shoot limited greenheads or they want to shoot nothing but specs or whatnot. But uh, this year it's just, we have a lot of spots. We have some rice blinds. We have some blinds on the Delta and uh, whatever comes in dies. I mean, it's just a lot, a lot of fun sitting there hunting ducks. I'm big on the, uh, Pulling them, right? Like to the full extent, feet down, cupped up in your lap, shoot ducks. That's, if they do that, it's you're, I'm pulling the trigger, period. I don't give a shit what it is. That's the funnest way of hunting ducks, period. And uh, I'm getting ready to take off. And actually, you probably hear my garage opening as we speak. I'm packing my truck up to head to North Dakota. And we're going on a big goose slash duck slash whatever the hell comes into our spread season. So. So I'm um, pretty so excited big, about that to say the least. If a big old mule deer just walks down in your spread, are, are you going to smoke it? <laughs> we'll see if I get a tag. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's so funny. So like, so I've hunted North Dakota a, a few times and man, dude, it's so easy to hunt uh white hell over there. Those guys don't really care. As long as, as long as you get a tag, they don't give a shit and it's a right to hunt state. So 
Um, those right to hunt states allow you to, um, to hunt private property fairly easy. If it's not posted, um, you get to hunt it. And if it is posted, it typically has the phone number for the landowner and you call them up and they allow you to hunt it. Sometimes they're a little bit more hesitant about the deer himself, but, um, when it comes to waterfowl, specifically snows, dude, they just let you free reign, you know, first come first serve. Um, so I, I've hunted it quite a few times. We've shot a shit ton of geese and a ducks. Um, in that state is probably my favorite state to hunt when it comes to waterfowl. Not only that, it's like they come off the tundra or they come out of Canada and they land right in your lap, AKA North Dakota. That's the first time they've seen decoys. It's the first time they've heard a calling, especially just recently this year is really special because Canada didn't allow anyone from the outside. So they didn't allow a lot of guides. Yep. So North Dakota is like a haven when it comes to waterfowl hunting this year, this year is going to be, like we fully expect to shoot hundreds and hundreds of birds in the North Dakota, South Dakota area, just because of what we're doing. Um, going with a really good group of guys, a lot of friends of mine, we're bringing a couple thousand decoys, um, four guys and a big ass truck and a shit ton of decoys. It should be a good time. So, so are you going to go out there and kind of just DIY it or are you guys linking up with the guide service or anything? No, 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 no guide service whatsoever. Just friends of friends, lots of conversation, talking, stuff like that. Um, you can actually check out a few links on like uh, Onyx. Onyx actually has a, uh, a whole fucking tutorial on how to actually do it. Um, a lot of friends of mine are going to be pissed. I'm telling people to do this, but I mean, it's the cheapest hunt you can do out of state, especially with you go, go with a group of guys, right? The cost of fuel and the cost of renting a being, uh, B&B or, or hotel or whatever the fuck, right? And you just go out there and you smash as much ducks. And, and it's effortless, right? Like, I, I've done hunts multiple times there, and they don't bring half as many decoys. They don't call half as good as we do. By the time they get down to us, like, like the California hunter, which is not expressed enough, it's not only just from the, the deer aspect, but it's a duck aspect. Like, by the time they get down to us, <laughs> they've already seen it all, right, from the waterfowl aspect. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard hunting in California. You got to hunt your ass off. Like I've hunted all the refuges. I hunted, you know, the the, the baddest freaking private land to the shittiest public land, and it's very very difficult compared to other states. It's not even it's not even on the same level. And California just gets the the the, the shit storm of hunting. Um, so like I said, when they come down here, they've seen it all. When you go to North Dakota, they haven't seen anything. Uh, and you take a good group of from California over to a state like that, you typically do pretty damn good. So, oh, a, a, a good group of California hunters do very, very well out of state. That's like uh, my Washington hunt last year was the first year I hunted waterfowl out of state. It was lights out. Yeah. No, dude, it's freaking crazy. Like I said, you get, you get especially you get some diehard waterfowl hunters that that go to Oregon, Washington, wherever the hell. They do damn good. Like I have friends that move to Idaho or Colorado or whatever else. They go to those other states and they just smash ducks. It's just like I said, we just have a little bit more devotion, right? We were used to the very difficult uh, schedule. We did and weather. I mean, it's fucking seventy degrees. We're sitting here hunting ducks. or hunting ducks when it's fucking snowing outside. Um, but it's everything else that goes with it, right? Like it's just forced locations. Um, we have a lot of water out here, right? From the Delta standpoint, 
but we're not sitting here hunting fucking frozen ponds or, you know, or, uh, hunting cornfields. <laughs> like if you go hunt a cornfield in California, you're going to spend a help a couple hundred grand. Um, to go hunt a cornfield in North Dakota. You just walk down the street. Yeah, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just the way it is. Like you can go hunt the Hilton properly on the Delta. It's going to cost you 150 fucking thousand dollars a year. Yep. Um, North Dakota is going to cost you like a six pack of beer. So um, it's a lot different in the mentality. And only that, like I said, right to hunt state, super liberal location. It's very very hard to find badass locations to kill a shit ton of ducks. So, which don't get me wrong. Like I do, I have some locations in California. I've hunted locations in California. We go hunt like a little timber hole or whatever, a little private property or whatnot. And it's some of the best hunting I've ever done in my life. I mean, there's no doubt that California hunting can be amazing. It just depends on who, you know, that's honestly got truth. It's, it's definitely more of a uh, pay to play kind of hobby down here. And like, like you said, like, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like Sean and I touched on it and in the podcast we ha- we had together was dude by the time they get down here like yeah. by the time they get down here they are highly intelligent and know what to look like and I mean cuz think of it right we're forcing a species to evolve by eliminating the unintelligent ones Absolutely yeah and that I mean that's just how I look at it I mean some guys would think I'm crazy but it's like no, 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 that's the truth. And the thing is, like, you're getting the last of the group. You're getting the most intelligent of the unintelligent yeah. <laughs> of the group by the time they get down to us. Yep. So. Yeah, I know. No, 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 like I said, I'm a huge waterfowl fan. Dude. Like, the only downfall that I see to the waterfowl group is that they're very divided, right? Like, the ones that are diehard waterfowl fans, they're typically not um, – like big game hunters or whatever, right? Like that, and, and and I've mentioned this in half dozen podcasts. Like I wish waterfowl hunters were as passionate about hunting as opposed to just hunting waterfowl itself, just because they're very, very uh, you know exclusive, right? They they only hunt one species or they only hunt one type of animal or whatever the fuck. I wish they were more together as a group from a hunting perspective, especially because even you're just stronger in groups, right? Like they're very, very exclusive when it comes down to that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And like, for like a perfect example is I was a hardcore. I only want to hunt ducks. That's it. You know, screw deer, screw big game. Yeah. And then I got into archery elk hunting and was like, all right, there's both sides. Like this is really good both ways. So now what can we do? And like, now I need to start looking at it from more of a conservation aspect and seeing what like property management's doing, you know, and just kind of like change my ways, dude. So, yeah. And it's kind of hard for, I think it's, it's hard for people to kind of have that open mindset and be able to accept like, Hey, you may not always kill ducks and you may not always kill bucks, but can't we just meet in the middle and become like unified and have an understanding of each other and progress like our, our heritage as one in this state, because I think it's slowly dwindling away here in California. No, it is. There's no doubt, man. I mean, I try and I, I, I as much as I'm, I'm kind of secretive about some of my deer spots or whatever else, like I try and to, uh, I try and insist, especially people that are true conservationists, like try and pass their tradition of the right way of doing things. 
right? Or especially from an ethical standpoint um, of all hunting. Like I try and push like an outdoorsman, hunt, trap, fish, you know, and, and, and hunt means like all game species. Um, the more you can push that and, and introduce more children to the sport, the better. Um, especially from, from the trapping aspect or the hounds aspect. Like we try and push that as much as possible because it really is a dying breed. Like fishing, like, yeah, it's huge, right? Like it's, I live on the Delta. So we, 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 there's a new fisherman every day, right? Born every day, but there's sure as fuck not a new houndsman or a new trapper born every day. It's just someone that's typically born into the sport. Um, that's kind of carrying on the tradition itself, but we try and push it as much as possible. That's kind of, why I created my page, why I, I wanted to share it. I wanted to share my experiences. I wanted more people to enjoy uh, all facets of the outdoors and become a true outdoorsman. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think of that like some like high regard. I just feel like it's, it's what we were meant to do, right? That's, that's what people did a hundred years ago. They were outdoorsmen. They weren't fucking duck hunters. They weren't deer hunters. They were just outdoorsmen. There were guys that trying to get it done and trying to feed their fucking family. Deer weren't around, so they shot some ducks off the pond or turkeys or pheasant or whatnot, right? That was all facets of, of being an outdoorsman. And I feel like that doesn't exist too much, especially in the state of California. You see a lot of stuff like Montana, Idaho, um, Wyoming and shit like that where they're just opportunistic hunters and, and trying to elongate their season. Like as deer season ends, they hunt waterfowl. At that end, they hunt something else in spring and so and so forth and so on, right? Um, I, I feel like people that hunt everything are true outdoorsmen. I feel like people should strive for that as opposed to hunting for a senior species. Yeah, I totally agree. For, for, for myself, at least, is like I've never been interested in like going out and hunting turkeys, for instance, you know, and deer is just kind of like secondary to me. But, uh, dude, you'll love it, man. You, you enjoy, you like the call of the species, right? Or, 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 um, you know, tricking an animal into thinking it's the real deal. Like if you do turkey hunting, the real deal, as opposed to like running and gunning or shooting them off the hip or whatnot, if you do like real calling, good quality calling is very similar to like duck hunting, right? Like I heard you in your last podcast just recently, like people suck at duck hunting, duck calling. I would say like at least 70, 80% of people don't know what the fuck or how to blow a duck call, period. It's just the way it is. Like, I'm not talking shit. It's just that they don't know when they call too loud. They don't even know how to blow a duck call in general. It's very, very similar to when it comes to turkey calling um, the right time, right location, the right audibles of turkey calling. And when you do it right, it just, it makes things a hell of a lot better. So. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, anything that's going to respond to you audibly, I think there's definitely like little tactics and, and like in the previous podcast is, I mean, if, if you go out, I, I've never hunted the Delta, but I could just imagine because it's like an unregulated refuge. Am I right? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's the, the biggest thing with the Delta is that it is extremely competitive. So like if you build a blind out there and it's anywhere near um, a decent amount of ducks, you're going to get a lot of pressure, whatever that may be, rather that be someone burning your blind down because you built it near their location. Um, or just, just strictly confrontation, right? Like that people like got, you go to refuge and you're like, Hey motherfucker, you're, you're hunting next to me or whatever. Right. Or sometimes people don't say anything at all. They shoot they, they take a shot across the water in your direction or they call when you're calling. Right. 
on the Delta, it's, it's a true rivalry. You're talking to people that have been hunting that spot for 30, 40, 50 years and you're in their location, right. Or in their vicinity, they take it extremely personal. Um, so the Delta is just extremely competitive and it's, it's more so than any other refuge or whatever public land hunting. The Delta is, uh, it's the wild West. It gets Western really, really fast out there. there there's, yeah, there's, uh, fighting is not that big of a deal. Let's put it that way. That's that's nothing. <laughs> people think people think boats out there. Jesus. <laughs> that's the one downfall. Which look, I, I I'm not saying that's the right way of going about it, but like ethics have a lot. I mean, I, I'm trying to drive that home probably more than anything. Like, don't sit there and approach or encroach on someone's spot and be a dickhead out there because it just won't it won't work out well for you on the delta. See, so, and like that's for anyone. Where- that's where I think, like, I think I think hunters in general, especially duck hunters, because I think it's a very competitive, um, I think it's a very competitive heritage. I think it's like guys are out there; they want to shoot, you know, that one greenhead mallard. So if you go to the refuge, you see one greenhead fly from east to west, and you know there's four groups to your east, and there's four groups to your west. You'll just hear them sequentially just come back all all the way through oh yeah i was just gonna say call your ass off and better get that bird back <laughs> it's like dude like you know i think everybody needs to come together because instead of having that like hey get out of my hole or whatever you know or like i mean i've had it where we've been hunting at the refuge and guys have come up and been like you're in our spot and i'm like uh all right like i don't see a name on it but like yeah, what are you talking about yeah it's both land but yeah. do you want to hunt here together, you know? And then it's like a confrontation, and then it's like, well, you know, you either fight or flight kind of deal. And it's like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at a point right now in my hunting career where it's like, dude, if I come in there, if they come in there, and um, it's like, dude, let's just fucking kill them together. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Unfortunately, that doesn't exist that much right now. I know. It's, it's uh sad. It's getting better. It's getting better. There's no doubt in that. Yeah, I mean, like uh, on the previous podcast, I mentioned talking to some guys in the in the lottery line at a refuge, and they wouldn't tell me where they were hunting. And it's not like like I could care less, dude. I could be like, okay, yeah, you go shoot the one greenhead in the state of California. Go for it. I don't really fucking care. I just don't want to hike my ass yeah. out there and then stumble upon you. Which sure as shit happened, and I had a phone call the other day with my buddy, and we just started laughing about how many times that has happened. And then it's like you walk out there, and you're like, dude, like shoot times at 20 minutes. Like, can I just hunt with you? And they like it's one guy, and he goes, no. And you're one guy, and you're like, uh, all right, then like I guess I'll just hike my ass back to the truck and go get fucking breakfast. So yeah. No, there's no doubt that, that the unity, um, and I, I feel like uh, waterfowl is like, uh, it's very, very exclusive, right? Like, if you know the spot and you don't want no one else to know, they're probably the most secretive. They're the most uh, hush-hush when it comes to, come to uh, the X or whatnot, right? Whether it be a refuge or the Delta or wherever the fuck you're hunting. Um, there's no doubt that it seems like the waterfowl community probably should probably open up probably more than any of the other groups. Um just because it's it's pretty plentiful, right? Like there's not like shooting a limit, right? Seven fucking birds. That's a lot of shots, right? Like, it, it, you know, regardless of how good you want to say people are or whatever, it's, it's a lot more than deer hunting, right? When you shoot, when you shoot deer, deer hunters are pretty damn secretive. 
but duck hunters are a whole nother level when it comes down to it. Like <laughs> it's, especially on a refuge, like, fuck it. There's only so many square feet in this place. Like I'm going to eventually probably run into you. Right. Like just by, by sheer default, I'm going to hike or walk my ass into you. Um, and it's not that hard to hide, um, your spots out there. <laughs> it's, uh, whoever's shooting the most, everyone always ends up walking into it. Like, Oh, I hear a lot of shooting over there. Let me walk over that area. Right. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, it's funny. Too, uh, because... I think it's easier just to kind of hunt together. Yeah. It's funny because it's just like that. Like you said is, a refuge has so many restrictions, like boundaries. It's like you're not walking into national forest where it's like, you know, I don't know. There's five hundred thousand square square miles or whatever. You know, you're 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 subject to yeah. here's where you can hunt and here's where you cannot, and good luck. But we're gonna jam exactly. back a bunch of guys in here. So exactly. No, no, no. So that that's been my other thing. Like talking with Sean. Like it depends. Like I am not gonna say you're bullshit. I don't fucking tell everyone where I hunt deer. But guys that are deserving of it, share your spots. I mean, what the fuck do you have to lose? I mean, you're sitting here seeing four or five deer a day. Let's say you're a badass deer hunter. You're seeing four or five deer a day. Probably two or three of them are fucking bucks and blah, blah, blah. And you got a guy that's hunting his dick off, like Sean. Fucking share share one of those deer. I mean, it's not going to kill you. The only thing that I ever ask anyone I ever share a spot to, keep it between me and you. And if, if you lose that spot, then so be it. Most of the guys that shoot a lot of deer probably have two or three other spots they can go to. And once you're burned, yeah, guess what? Sean won't fucking learn any other spots after that. You know what I mean? Um, Or whoever the fuck may be. Um, But try and share as many spots, or at least how you came to the conclusion of that spot. Um, Duck hunting is definitely not the case. They don't fucking share shit. They're they're very, very lockjaw when it comes down to it. So. no, like I said, man, public land hunting is fucking difficult. California hunting is even that much more difficult. We have shitty times and location of deer. Um, other states are sitting here hunting the rut. Um, their tags and availability, their conservation towards the species itself, extremely difficult. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just it is what it is. We don't get a chance or an opportunity to hunt that. I mean, imagine if we lived in North Dakota and you get to hunt a fucking cornfield down the street by some, you know, Amish guy that fucking owns it. It's not that big of a deal. We don't live in a right-to-hunt state. You know, a cornfield out in California costs you fucking 20 grand minimum to go hunt. So, um, or a rice field that you got to go spend 10, 15 fucking thousand dollars to go buy the hole. And then you got to go spend another five grand fucking decoys or whatever else. So, um, definitely not exactly. It's some of the best hunting you can do when you find the right spot or you find the X but it's extremely difficult to even get that spot to begin with. Especially nowadays. I mean, guys have found it so lucrative um, to buy the X. You buy the fucking X and you put, you know, a couple hundred people on it per year, you're making pretty damn good money doing it at $250 to $300 a head. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, so hunting pressure is another thing, too, because, like, we have we have um, blinds on one property, rice blinds on one property, and these guys hunt it seven days a week. And yeah, exactly. It, yep. it's, it's like it has destroyed. It has destroyed the quality of hunting in the past three years. Like we've never seen it before. We had better hunts in the drought years when we were pumping water. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. No, that's kind of what I've always kind of stuck to the Delta. Like we've we we have blinds. Well, one of our blinds don't have water right now, so obviously we're not hunting that. It's a really good, it's a really good spec spot. Um, 
I've had an opportunity to hunt some awesome places in and around the Richville area, closed area, delve in, so forth and so on. But uh, to be honest with you, I always revert back to the Delta. It's not because it's down the street. It's just because you never know what you're going to get, man. I mean, we'll go on a fucking spec hunt and end up shooting a bunch of fucking wood ducks or mallards or whatever else, right? And, that's, and it's very similar to what Sean had said. Like the goal or the chase, right? You're hunting for something that's difficult. Spend the money on the blind or spend the money on a duck boat. I chose the duck boat action. And uh, it doesn't always work out. It's fucking public land hunting. Sit there and hike your ass off or spend a lot of time on the boat or whatever you want to call it. It's just public land hunting. It takes a lot of effort, sometimes with minimal results. Do you you like that boat? It's fun, though. Because you and I, you and I messaged back and forth a while. Because you posted a video, and that's a Grizzly Tracker. Is that a sixteen fifty four side console? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a seven seventeen fifty four okay. Grizzly Tracker. I I, I spend uh, I don't know over fifty days a year in that boat. Um, I do a lot of bass fishing and stuff like that, right? Like I got young kids, so they like to go fishing. Um, I know the Delta like the back of my hand. I just I spend a lot of time out there getting to show my kids like the beavers, the otters and all the, all the ducks and fish and all that stuff. Um, and it, it's honestly like people want to buy a war Eagle or they want to buy a prodigy or whatever else. Dude, go buy yourself a tracker, go spend fucking 15 days. I, I, I dare people to go spend 15 to 20 days on the Delta and that's going to be hard for them to go do right. Like it's just, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of fucking time. And spend a day. I'm not talking about like two hours or three hours or whatever. But spend a fucking day on the Delta, and you'll realize how much the boat actually gets used. You know what I mean? Like it's just like most things in life. They buy something that they buy a fucking big ass Ford F250, and they never put it in four wheel drive, right? So it's the same thing when it goes to the boat. Go buy a boat. See if you actually use it as much as you think you're going to, um, because it takes a lot of effort to go do so, right? And or be successful with it too. Um, I've never had any problems. I've owned multiple trackers. Um, I use a living shit out of them, and there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. So, do you put a blind cover on that thing and hunt straight from it? Uh, so I'll tuck it in. I'll tuck in the toolies. So, like, um, depends on what I'm doing, right? Um, I, I obviously we have floaters, we have in ground blinds, and then we have pass shooting blinds. Um, uh, the pass shooting blinds, a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, that's a total getaway of hunting." We hunt some of the baddest fucking and most expensive clubs on the Delta that costs ridiculous amounts of money. Well, they, we figured out where the geese, uh, AKA specs leave the islands. We found out exactly where they hop from Island to Island over and over and over again. And that's where we've got our big numbers of specs where we've killed them. Right. It's not exactly perfect hunting. It's not cupped up hunting, but it's fun, especially when you're taking kids and they want to get a lot of shots. Right, or first-time hunters, um, where every five minutes someone's going to shoot at low specs. Right, they're exiting islands on the delta, um, so we'll plow that into a shit ton of toolies, and you take all the toolies and you fold them over into the boat. Um, when you're hunting, obviously in bed blinds or floaters, there's typically a carport of some kind um, that you kind of drive into. Damn, you like hunting specs, then, huh? Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. That specs, I mean, I, I keep on saying it over and over again. Yeah, specs and dollars, I mean, that's the, uh, that's always the target whenever we're hunting. Um, 
obviously I've hunted a lot of, I've killed honkers. I mean, there's nothing I haven't killed other than some Harlequins and some, uh, miters. So, um, yeah, we, 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 we do very well on the Delta when it comes to specs and honkers. And then obviously when we go out to the right, we're hunting typically snows and specs. Um, we're pretty good at it. Like I said, I've just been, been calling them for a while, listening to them, calling at the right time and, uh, making the right sounds when it comes down to, uh, to kill time. That's honestly what it comes down to. Like we hear a lot of people like, yeah, sometimes the thing is though, dude, like if you're on the X, you're on the X period. Sometimes it doesn't even require calling whatsoever or minimal calling at that. Right. But doing it the right way of calling them correctly <laughs> definitely helps out. There's no doubt in that. Dude, specs can be like, uh, the specs can be super finicky too, especially cause we hunt the, we hunt the North Valley. So it's like sometimes dude, I mean, all the refuges around there and whatnot, they're just getting called at shot at and they, they just get super finicky. So yep. I could just imagine what it's like down Absolutely. there. Oh yeah. They're, 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 they're definitely a leery bird, right? Like, so like anything that doesn't seem realistic or some, anything that just, I mean, I, I said it right the correct the first time, like anything that doesn't seem realistic, they're just not going to come in. Period. They're just not, they're just not going to commit enough to where you'll be able to get a shot at them. And I'm not one to like sky bus geese or whatever else. Like I said, in the beginning, I like shooting birds that are cupped up and committed. Those are the, that's like the, you know, the order the, that's the, that's what you're aiming for more than anything like deceiving an animal enough to where it comes in, um, to within killing range. And when you don't do it like that, there's not a much, there's not as much as excitement, right? Like you shoot a, you shoot a bird, let's say you skyscrape or whatever else like, Oh yeah, it's fun. But like when they come in, your heart races, you're getting excited, you know, you're, you're completely deceiving They're maple leafing. And they're coming in. It's just, it's fucking exciting. And when they don't do that, it's just not. It's just, it's kind of like, I, I hate to say it, it's kind of like lush. You know, it's total lush killing, right? Like, oh, I'm just pulling the trigger to pull the trigger because I'm bored. I prefer not to do that. I'm not one of those guys that, I, and I heard overheard you say it just in the reason. I don't stay there that long. When it sucks, it sucks. I'm not gonna fucking sit there and and drag it out and say, Oh, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to fucking stay here until my fucking eyes bleed. Cause I'm looking at birds at fucking 800 miles and I'm not going to, I'm not going to luck hunt. Right. Like I just don't luck hunt. It's either it's on or it's on or it's off. Right. I'm going to go enough to where I'm going to eventually hit those fucking amazing days. And those are the days that I'll talk about with my kids when I'm fucking a hundred years old. Right. I'm going to talk about that day when it was awesome. Sometimes, I'm not going to ever tell them like, Hey, remember that day that I skyscraped fucking however many birds at 55 yards or 60 yards. I'm just not going to talk about it. I want to talk about the days that when they came in clean and we fucking smoked the birds because they did it correctly or deer for that matter. Right. Like just doing it correctly. I'm I'm not going to talk about the deer. I shot off the side of the road unless it's like some fucking ginormous deer, which most of the time they're not. Right. I'm just not going to talk about those deer. It's just, there's a sense of pride that comes with it when you do it correctly on all facets of hunting. Oh yeah. Like for ducks, at least for me is like you said, is I, I love, I, I love to have them just like in my face, feet down 10, 15 yards, just like mm-hmm. skirting on the water. But I mean, I love to work yeah. too. So 
but you'll never see me out at the refuge just like, oh, look, a duck at, a duck at 300 yards. Like, let me just give him a championship hail call real yeah. quick. Oh, no, he didn't want any. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can look at yeah. ducks and be like, I can be like, okay, they're kind of interested or they know where they want to be, you know, and it's the ones that you look at, you're yeah. like, okay, they kind of want to put on down. Like, let's let's see what, let's see if we could get these guys Yeah, in. let's see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. There's no, I'm all about working birds too. So like, if a bird's off at a distance and you give them a decent hell call, right? Bam, 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 or whatever the fuck, just to get their attention and then finish them completely with some soft crack calling or whatnot. Um, there's a certain amount of reward to that. Like if they get to that 35 yard, 35 yard range, and they're just not, they're not going to finish completely. Feet aren't down all the way. But at least you call them off from 100 yards away or whatever the fuck it may be. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to sit there and bash my eye. I'm not going to bat my ass out. I'm not going to fucking pull the trigger. Like, we're going to go up if the bird is showing some type of excitement, but it's not going to finish all the way. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I, I, I don't feel like um, – like, if they're just not going to commit, they're just not going to commit. It's just it is what it is. Like, there's something that they're seeing that they're not liking, um, and I'll try my best to fix that after I take the shot. Like, okay, fuck, you know, all the dogs moving, oh, whatever. Like, uh, the decoys are not set up um, correctly, or I'll fuck turn the mojo off, or whatever that may be. You try your best to eliminate any and all issues um, that you may think. I mean, who knows? could be you, <laughs> right? It could be me, or whatever the fuck. It's just something that they're not liking. You try your best to fix that or eliminate that issue. So. Yeah, just moon facing right in the sun with some nice glasses on. Yeah, that, 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 it could be something so simple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We always tell people, like, oh, you're a big old fucking moon face. You're sitting there fucking with your face sticking out of that damn sun. You know, we, we try and put ourselves in the best situation possible where we don't have to make as many adjustments, right? I mean, it could be, but, but a lot of it comes down to decoy, decoy situation, right? Like, if it, it's so simple, dude. Like, a lot of people just don't have a fucking clue they set up for the situation they're not setting up for the birds themselves yeah right i mean like the simplest of things like the bird is going to go towards the wind the mother, let's say it's north fucking wind the north is just it's blowing north right it's coming or it's coming from the north it's blowing south you know the birds are going to come from the fucking south and approach the wind like right so set your decoys up give yourself a landing strip like people People don't have a fucking clue. We watch people all the time set up decoy spreads or whatever else. Like, what the fuck are you? And, and it's shit. As much as we talk shit and or at the time we're saying, like, what the fuck are they doing? They end up killing birds, right? Like, by total accidental, or the birds are just completely stupid. But when you're sitting there trying to create a fulcrum point or a location where the birds are going to be every single time, it just takes some thought. It takes some thought to to making it happen the correct way of uh, killing birds. You know, when we go out, we know where the birds are going to be when we pull the trigger. Um, if anyone that watches YouTube um, from the waterfowl aspect or even deer aspect, like this is not luck. It's just a lot of fucking effort and a lot of thought before it even happens. Yeah. So, and it, it, talking with Sean, we're sitting there like talking about deer hunting and stuff. And I know it infuriates people because they're like, what the fuck? What are you doing different than I'm doing? Like, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. It just has to do with the amount of times I've done it, right? Period. I've just fucked up so many times. You eventually figure out what the right way of doing it. I'm not doing anything different. And there's a lot of bad people out there that give a bad name for the motherfuckers that try. Like, there's people that go out there and bait deer 
or they even bait fucking public land locations. Like I'm not going to say any names, but there's people that go out there and they flood areas and they put a bunch of corn out or Milo or whatever the fuck. And they kill ducks and it's just not the correct way of doing it. The right way of doing it is literally just putting a shit ton of time, trial and error, finding out the wrong way to do it. Cause there's only fucking a couple right ways of doing it. And, uh, by default, you'll eventually find the right way. Oh yeah. But so you're saying I should go pull my corn feeder out of the mountains. Yeah. Pull the corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, let me tell you, you put that fucker out there and you'll eventually kill one. Dude, so check this out. This is this is like uh, so I've hunted, I've hunted whitetail like in the south. Okay. And fuck, even then, dude, don't get me wrong. Like hunting whitetail in the south, like hunting over corn, hunting over that shit. Like there's still like no fucking guarantee of killing a fucking deer. Like I was, I was, I was so surprised. Like don't get me wrong, I'm the first person to talk a lot of shit. Like oh yeah, fucker, these fucking inbred motherfuckers out there hunting for whitetail. They just hunt over corn. So, like, I went out there, and I'm like, fucking hey, we got, like, 8 fucking thousand pounds of corn out there. We're for sure going to kill a deer. And we go out there, and I'm like, fuck, we haven't seen a goddamn deer all fucking day. And uh, it's just luck of the jaw, right? Like, it's just total. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's different per location. If I'm hunting at the fucking Tecumani Ranch, I'm sure we're going to kill a fucking deer if we put corn out there. And there were, I think it's the uh, incentivized, right? Like, you get to see more deer because they there is corn out there. Rather it be does or whatever else, but at least you're seeing something. Um, and fucking hunting California, sometimes seeing a doe is like inspiring. You're like, holy shit, there's fucking deer. Yeah, you know? you're like, they are here. Wow. <laughs> fucking see a doe, you're like, holy fuck, something with a heartbeat exists out here. Yeah. So that's like my brother said. He goes, I'm guaranteed. He's like, I'm I'm 99% positive that California has three bucks in it, and one of them just got hit by a truck. Yeah, that's it, dude. And and that's all it takes, though. Like you see a fucking deer, and just like holy shit, yeah, fucking AIDS is like reinvigorated. You know, I'm ready to fucking spot some deer now, boys. Get ready. Yeah, that's like this. No, it's hard hunting, man. It's if you find the right spot, though. If you hike enough, I hate to say even hike enough. That sounds so fucking stupid. Like you can go hike your fucking dick off in in the wrong location, and it's going to mean nothing. Um, talking with Sean, I hope, I hope I've explained, I keep on mentioning his name over and over again. Um, I hope, hope he doesn't take offense, but it's just like when you find a guy that's struggling at all aspects of the, the hunt itself, you're not looking for anything particular other than the particular spot. <laughs> I know that sounds really stupid, but when you're, you're looking for where they want to be day in and day out. Right, like I always mention deer hunting tonight, but same thing when it comes to ducks or geese or whatever else. Yeah, but I mean, the way I look at it is that if you're gonna hike in, you know, and you're gonna go five miles, six miles plus into the backcountry, go spike hunt and whatnot, and then not see jack, you can pretty much check that off your list, and then you've got to move. Like, just stick and move. That's how, that's how I look at it. No, no, no. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. So, like. I don't even go sometimes that far. A two or three mile hike can alleviate any doubt that you have. So, but we don't even get to that point. Like I'll never, ever, I mean, knock on wood, I'll never get to the point to where I'm not going to see nothing. Well, you've already whittled that down in those five or six spots. Like what I've showed and, or, I mean, I wish I could like show like your whole audience or anyone that listens or whatever. Like where I'm looking, there's fucking deer there. 
Like yeah. I'm not, I, I'm when, when, when I look, when I find that fucking five, that, that fifth spot or fourth spot or whatever, I'm literally looking at deer trails from Google earth at that point. Now, do you I see, literally whittle it down to like, good. Do you see that as being like, so let's say you look on Google earth, you see a couple deer trails and you go there. Do you see that those are there like in person? Because yeah, absolutely. Some it, of that, it, 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 it it's over-exaggerated probably more than anything, right? Like, the only downfall is what you're looking for is that there's no fucking trail, human trail, to that deer trail, Yeah. right? That's the biggest thing, like, uh, that we're running across all the time. It's so funny. Like, I fucking get there, and I'm like, holy shit, there's a goddamn road down below. There's a fucking fire cut trail here. It's like, I found this awesome fucking deer trail in the middle of bumfuck Egypt, but there's five different ways of access from a human to get to it, right? Or see it or whatever the fuck, right? So it's finding that really remote location. When you use, especially Onyx, and you go to road, no roadless or roadless access or whatever the fuck it is, it's in purple. You click on that, you find those locations where you find a deer trail and you're going to fucking see deer. I mean, it's just by default. You spend any amount of time in those locations. And sometimes, like I said, it's only a mile, maybe it's two, maybe it's three. Um, and, and especially if you take the path of least resistance, everyone like wants to make it seem like some romantic fucking thing that you're hiking five miles. Like, oh yeah, five miles in the back country or whatever the fuck, right? I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a dumb fuck. I'm going to try and take five miles on flat ground if I can, right? Yep. I'm going to, or the first fucking 300 yards is uphill. And then after that, I'm going to be completely trying to find the flattest ground humanly possible. I'm not even fucking stupid because I have to pack this fucking deer out that weighs 100, 200 pounds of fucking meat in my pack. Like, I'm or I'm just just like any human being. Like, all these guys, like, don't get me wrong, like, the Remy Warren, amazing fucking hunter. Steve Rennell, amazing hunter. But they're not fucking stupid. They're not going to sit there and go like, hey, let me take the hardest fucking hike out possible. They're trying to find deer. The closest they can. If they can find a 200 fucking inch deer one mile off the road, I guarantee you they're going to take that opportunity. So same exact same, same exact mentality that I take. Find a fucking deer. That's 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 to your liking, whatever that may be. And that may be two miles, that may be three miles, whatever that may be. So um, take the path of least resistance. Find a fucking trail. Get up onto the ridge line. Hike that ridge line as long as you can and as far as you can. Um, find water. Find food. Find shelter. You'll kill a fucking deer. Period. There's no other. There's not. There's not much more to it than that. And throw out forty pounds of corn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that will fucking. I guarantee you, you will definitely kill fucking deer. Throw forty pounds of corn out. And, but I, dude, I'll be honest with you. Like the deer that live up in that fucking high Sierra country, I don't even know if they fucking eat it, dude. They, they eat like straight up trash ass shit. Like, I, I, I mean, I hunt B zone. Those fucking deer, they eat acorns. And let me tell you, it's some of the best fucking tasting deer. I mean, having an opportunity to shoot a lot of deer in this state, the best fucking tasting deer are those B and C zones in the fucking in the uh, acorn area. Fuck, dude, those are those are some of the best tasting deer. And I've shot like alfalfa deer, or deer that feed off alfalfa fields, in multiple states, and it's not it's not even comparable. Or and or kill deer that eat out of cornfields in the south, but the acorn deer, that's where it's at. Those deer are fucking, that's some of the best tasting deer. And then, like, I'm talking about, like, we, we were, like, deer 
eating connoisseurs, like fucking trying with minimal seasoning on it and all that stuff. Like it's, it's some of the best tasting gear you can eat. And it's not like an opinion. Like we have a lot of people that, I mean, fuck, I probably have right now, probably two, 300 pounds of deer meat. Right. We, we eat a lot of damn deer meat. That's the one thing that I can take a lot of pride in. Like, like my kids, like they didn't even know what a fucking regular hamburger tasted like for their first couple of years of life. <laughs> they only eat, they only ate deer meat. That's, That's awesome. just what we, we hunted. And yeah, yeah, it's it pretty cool. Like, like beyond the organic aspect, I'm not trying to be like all hippie or whatnot. That was like our biggest thing. Like we wanted to expose them to something that they didn't know what the difference was. Like my dear, my, my daughter, she, she'd rather eat deer than eat a hamburger from McDonald's period. I just, or fucking, I goddamn ice cream cone from McDonald's, anything from McDonald's. If I tell her deer's on the fucking table, she's literally like, holy shit. This is, that's my fucking thing. That's her jam. So yes. To the listeners, they, they should take note. (laughs) That's, that's (laughs) no, it's, it's, I, I didn't, I wasn't doing it to trick her. I was just trying to expose her to as much as possible. So like eating deer heart or eating organs. I mean, it's like, Hey, you can't fucking eat your deer heart until, until you eat your broccoli. You know what I mean? It's like, if you, but like you say something like that and the thing is, it's like, holy shit, I better eat my deer meat because holy fuck or whatever or vice versa. Yeah. I can't, I can't give you your broccoli until you eat your deer heart. And when you're four or five years old, it tastes fucking phenomenal. Right. There's no option, option only. And, uh, trying to build a better person. That was my biggest thing. Like with my, my kids, like I don't know if you watch any of my videos, my daughter is like fucking, she's a hunting motherfucker. She, she wants to go hunting more than I do, which is awesome. So it's kind of reinvigorated this whole thing. A lot of my spots and a lot of my opportunity has been built because I want to have awesome places to take my kids and, or my family. Like, fuck it. My, my dad, my dad shot a fucking big ass buck in Nevada. I've hunted that fucking unit for six years and uh been pretty cool Roy shot bucks there he got the sh- chance first time hunting i say he shot a fucking smoker buck that's awesome that's fucking rad yeah i mean fuck he, he horrible shot I, I love my dad to death horrible fucking shot like no fucking patience doesn't doesn't know his ass from his elbow when it comes to hunting but fucking i fucking we we we, i I love my my boy joey he lights out outfitters i had him hiking his fucking dick off the day before to try and push these deer back to a different location so we could fucking find them in the morning uh we knew what they were gonna do we just had to get them to an area that they were accessible right like my dad's like not gonna go fucking hike 18 miles uphill and all that shit so um i had my buddy joey dog these deer um, I dogged the deer to, to an area that I knew it was going to be accessible via quad. Um, and then the next morning, like I said, my dad had an opportunity to shoot a, uh, a really good buck. I mean, he's no fucking like giant, but you know, he's a high one seventies buck. Um, and my dad was like fucking damn near crying. He was so excited. So it was pretty cool. Like I said, like I, I made a post about it just recently. Just, it's cool to be the person that invigorated and inspired your, your, your dad to hunt, right? Like it's supposed to be the other way around. Like your dad is supposed to be the person you learned everything from. And I'm the person that's teaching him everything. So pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. That That's pretty badass. 
No, no, I appreciate it, dude. It, like I said, it's not like uh, it's not stereotypical. It's not common, but um, it's a lot of fun. I've been hunting for a long time now, so I've learned quite a bit. I mean, I'm not like fucking some genius by any stretch of the imagination. I just go a lot, and I learn by uh, by failing a lot. <laughs> you find out what the fuck you're doing wrong, and uh, I've been doing it for the past 15 years, and it's taught me enough to where um, I've been able to be successful. That's my biggest thing. And, dude, I honestly bring it down to, like, meeting the right people, right? Like, you don't know you're fucking up until someone tells you. And I've ha- I have some really honest friends. Like, you start duck calling and you sound like shit. Someone that I could like leans over and like, man, you fucking sound like shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> be, on- be honest with your friends and it will create more success for the future. Whatever that may be from the deer aspect, duck aspect, or just trapping or, you know, hounds or whatever. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like I have my buddy Razo, greatest fucking friend ever. I told him like this week, I was like, you suck. You suck at duck calling, period. Love you to death, but you don't need to call anymore. Just, <laughs> just give up. Just put them put away, bud. Put them away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have some very expensive calls, and you wasted a shit ton of money doing it. But there's nothing wrong with that. Fuck. He's a good shot. He's a good shot, and he has an awesome spot. There's nothing wrong with that. Fuck. Some people are made for calling. Some people aren't. I mean, it's just, it just is what it is. Um, but, you know, whatever. Hey, fuck, if you take offense to it, so be it. If you don't, fucking roll with the punches. And the thing is, who gives a fuck? Someone, If someone says, hey, you suck at duck calling, guess what you get to do? You still get to pull the trigger. What the fuck does it matter? You know? Yep. Still get to have fun or whatever else. I mean, don't get me wrong. The calling is some of part of the experience. Um, and maybe you need to practice more. So That's what I was just going to say is like, if somebody looks over at me, like my buddies did it when I got into duck hunting, they're like, you suck, dude. And I'm like, okay. Then the following off season, it was just like on my way to and from work every single day, just practice every day. And like now, I'm like, oh, okay, pretty good. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Though. I mean, I, I think it, it inspires people, right? Like, it's I come from like a, it's the old school mentality of just being a little bit rough um, and letting someone know the truth, and hopefully, it inspires them to do a little bit better. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, it's been an hour and twenty minutes. So, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. I'm getting ready to leave for North Dakota. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to do another podcast or whatnot. Dude, I want to. Um, I want to pick your brain yeah. when you get back, if you're willing. Oh, dude, yeah, totally, totally, again. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much, man.